How was he going to bring good out of this situation? How was he going to somehow communicate to them? What was he going to do? And suddenly he came up with an idea. He bent over and picked up three of the rocks that had been thrown at him and started juggling. And the kids were mesmerized. They thought this was great. And they surrounded him and laughed, and he kept juggling, and he, he did a few more little tricks with the rocks, one behind his back, over his head. And he finally ended up with a grand finale of, of juggling four rocks while the kids laughed and had a good time. And he finally, after the grand finale, bowed, picked up his rifle and walked off and continued his patrol. That story could have had such a different ending. Matter of fact, we've seen confrontations in our own country that have certainly had different endings. But it doesn't have to be that way, does it? If we could simply embrace the peace of Christ, a peace that transforms anger into laughter, hatred into love, how different would this world be? How different would the lives be that we live? Every day we hear about some far-off conflict, some place where innocents are losing their lives. Every day we are concerned about economic anxieties around the globe, of the insecurity of markets. Every day we face worries in our own individual lives. Do I have enough money to pay the bills? Am I ever going to find a job? Or how about this health issue that I'm experiencing? Will I ever get well from this problem? Will my family ever be close to me? Or will my children ever love me? Worries day in and day out about all sorts of things. And perhaps we worry rightfully at times. But amid all the worry and the conflict and the upheaval in this world, we have this beautiful Christmas story. We have the angels and the shepherds in the field, and God breaks into the darkness as only God can. If you would, please take a look at this video and experience how it happened. Man has worked the field since his fall, by beast or by crop, in plenty and in drought. He must tame the land or be tamed by it. The shepherd knows this well. He is a keeper. He is a guardian. He is a guide. And his flock, aimless in all their attempts, pulls him far away to chase their fickle hearts. How peculiar it is that God omnipotent would take the post of a shepherd. Do not be afraid. 
Don't be afraid. You don't be afraid. For I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, has been born this night in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find the babe wrapped in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. A baby? A manger? Glory to God in the highest! Peace on earth and goodwill toward men! Glory to God in the highest! Peace on earth and goodwill toward men! Glory to God in the highest! the shepherds left their flock and hurried to the village of Bethlehem. In society's eyes, shepherds should not be the first ones to greet the king of kings. But isn't that just like the creator of the universe? He uses lowly people to do amazing things for his glory. you join me today in the lesson that you've already heard, that you probably know oh so well. Would you stand as we read from the Gospel of Luke, the second chapter, starting with the eighth verse. And this is what is written. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that, all, that to all had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds 
had told them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Please be seated. Right in the middle of this beautiful story, we read about an unbelievable Christmas promise that should indeed be music to our ears. It should be something that we long for and yet we find so difficult to believe. Because the angel is joined by a heavenly host and they sing the very first Christmas carol in all of history that is both priceless and puzzling. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The glory to God part is easy for us to accept. That kind of rolls off our tongues. It's the peace on earth that we find difficult to swallow. Everything adds up in the story until the word peace pops up in the middle of it. And then we have questions. Christ is supposed to bring peace, but look around. The question is, where is this peace that Jesus is talking about? Where is this peace that the angels sing about? Certainly not in the Middle East. Certainly not in Afghanistan. It's not in Iraq. It's not in Syria. This peace is is not on Wall Street. It's certainly not in Washington, D.C. It's not even in a lot of our American neighborhoods. It's not even in a lot of our homes. I don't think there's peace in a lot of our families. I wonder sometimes if there's not much peace in our hearts as well. When Jesus came, he came bringing peace to this earth. At the very center of the Christmas story that we celebrate is this announcement that God has come and given peace to his creation. But what kind of peace are we really talking about? What kind of peace are we looking for? If peace means our ability to get along with others, then obviously we're all anxious for that, aren't we? If peace is merely a matter of being nice to people that we disagree with, maybe we could do that. Or maybe not. Maybe not. Because there always seems to be disagreement and discord, usually measured by our own selfishness or our own self-centeredness. If the peace of Christmas refers to the ability to have some type of serenity deep within our souls, maybe that's possible. We're certainly ready for it. They're the hidden wounds of life that all of us gather up, and this time of year usually brings them out. The wounds, the wounds are opened up at Christmas. And I think maybe that's why so many of us come to church at Christmas, because it's something in the old stories and in the favorite songs that we think maybe is going to offer us a personal kind of peace. Or perhaps we think about peace simply in global terms around the world. Nations are in pain. Children are hungry. Water, clean water is at a premium. If the nations could only stop conspiring against each other and learn somehow to work together on this tiny blue ball And yet we don't work together very well, do we? 
We all have our own agendas. The peace announced by the angels that Christmas Eve is a different kind of peace. It is a peace we all need. It's a peace that we all long for. And in fact, because of Jesus Christ, it is a peace that is here. The angels didn't announce peace to the shepherds because the shepherds fought with one another or because they were beating the sheep over the head with their staffs. The shepherds were just like you and me. The angels came and they didn't blow their trumpets in the political halls. They didn't go to the royal throne rooms. They came out to the shepherds in the middle of a dark field. And when the angels spoke of peace, they broke the 2,000-year silence of God. They shattered the darkness, not just the darkness of the night, but the darkness of mankind with those one words that from the highest place in the universe, God had come down to redeem, to restore, and to give his creation God moved forward into a sinful and a destructive world, part of his creation. Can you understand the depth and the importance of that announcement? The one who had made heaven and earth, the one who had made the entire universe, had come down in the midst of all that to redeem and to reconcile and to give us peace. Peace. The angels announced the good news to all people, all people everywhere. God has come to you. What a remarkable thing. What a remarkable thing to to pick these anonymous shepherds in the middle of nowhere. You know, shepherds had a hard life. Shepherds were out in the field. They, They made their living off the land. They tended sheep. They didn't smell very good. Sheep smell very good, Quentin. Sheep smell very good? No. No. They were at the very bottom of the social ladder. Just one step below used car salesmen. Very bottom. Do we have any used car salesmen in here? Very bottom. They were the lowest of the low. And yet here the shepherds hear the good news from the angels It didn't remove all their troubles. At the end of the night, they were still shepherds. They were still nameless. They still smelled. And they were still at the bottom of the social ladder. And yet the word of peace had been spoken to them. And it's a remarkable thing that those angels announced it to the shepherds. And so doing announces this to us. It doesn't mean that our troubles and our problems are gone. No. It doesn't turn the pain of life upside down. God's peace comes through the midst of all the trouble and all the pain that we experience. And just like the the hymn says, all is calm and all is bright. And that's not just on silent night. That should be each and every day of our lives. All is calm and all is bright. I served in the Marine Corps. I spent one of my Christmases in South Korea. Kind of a lonely place to be. Suwon Air Base, south of Seoul. Difficult to be in another country at Christmas. 
sleeping on cots with a kerosene heater as your only source of heat. And I don't think there was one of us that didn't think about home, didn't think about Christmas, didn't think about being around the Christmas tree and opening presents with everybody else, didn't think about having a a nice turkey dinner with dressing instead of opening up one of those little sea rat cans and whatever was inside there that they called turkey. It's kind of lonely. But around noon on that Christmas day, we had some of our South Korean Air Force pilots come to the base, and they brought their families, and they brought us dinner. I don't remember turkey, but I do remember kimchi. And for all of you who have had kimchi, it made it a special special Christmas. But what really made it more special were the kids, because you know Christmas is kids, to watch them. They got together at one point, and they sang. And of course, they used their native tongue. They were singing Korean, which I didn't understand. But you can follow the tune. They sang Jingle Bells, and they sang Silent Night. But the song that I can remember more vividly than anything else was the one that you will find in your hymnals. Let there be peace on earth. It was almost a surreal experience. Here I am in a smelly, greasy flight suit, eating kimchi off a plate about 22 miles south of the DMZ with a bunch of kids singing, Let There Be Peace on Earth in a language I didn't understand. I think it was probably the very first time in my life that I understood the very nature of Christ's peace and what it should mean to all of us. That in the middle of whatever is wrong with this world, whatever is chaotic in this world, whatever seems upside down in this world, His peace brings us together. Let there be peace on earth. And let it begin with him. With him. That's the peace that was announced at Christmas. It's not the absence of pain. It's not the absence of trouble. It's his peace to see us through. It's his peace to fill us up on the inside. We have a God who loves us, who keeps us, and who comes to fill us with his very peace to make a difference in our lives and the lives that we touch. The birth of Jesus Christ changed the world, my brothers and my sisters. It changed the world forever. Christ came into a world, into a city where there was no room for him to be born. He came into a world where the very king of that country murdered innocent children for fear of the presence of another king. Christ comes to us not to shield us from the harshness or the trouble or the chaos from this life, but to give us the strength and the courage to bear it. He doesn't give us a miracle to snatch it away. He gives us that which we need to make the most of it. That's a different 
kind of peace. That's a peace that the world can never give. That only Christ can give. It's not a human peace. It's a heavenly peace. It is not a diplomatic peace. It is a divine peace. It is not an external peace. It's an internal peace. And it's a peace that every last one of us desperately, desperately seek. Do you remember when Jesus was still teaching his disciples right before he went to the cross? You'll find it in the Gospel of John because he tells them this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Embrace. Embrace the peace of Christmas from the inside out just as the shepherds did on that very first Christmas and hold on to it with everything you have and live into it with the belief that Christ came not only for the glory of the kingdom but for peace on earth. When the angels went away, the shepherds didn't say, hey, that was a great show, good music, good lights. Let's just sit here and go back to sleep. No, they said, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that the angel has talked about. The shepherds knew they had to do something. They couldn't just sit there. They had to go and see the babe. So my question to you this Christmas is, are you ready to go? Are you ready to get up out of your comfort? Are you ready to go see the babe? To go embrace the child? Pick him up. Embrace him. Hold him tight. Can you imagine the shepherds there in the nativity scene that night? Looking at him, staring, smelling. You know how bad they smelled? You think Mary said, no, go ahead. Pick up the child. It'll be fine. I don't know whether Mary said that or not, but that's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to embrace the child. I don't care how bad you smell. I don't care how ugly you are. I don't care how bad you seem to be. I want you to embrace the child, and I want you to embrace the peace that only he can give you. That's what I want you to do. Not just for Christmas Eve, not just for Christmas, but the entire year. The same thing the angels told the shepherds, they tell us. Peace is not found in a place it's not found in the halls or the capital of some politic, political capital. It's not found anyplace else. It's found in the person of Jesus Christ, period. When Christ is the centerpiece, P-I-E-C-E, of your life, then your life will have peace, P-A-C-E, at its center. When he's the centerpiece, then you indeed will have peace in your life. When you are in Jesus and Jesus is in you, you will have peace. Embrace the peace. Believe in the peace. Stop giving lip service to it. And start doing something about it. Just like the shepherds. Go. Embrace the child. 
Let's go. Let's find him. Let's hold on to his peace. Embrace it. And a very Merry Christmas to each and to every one of you. Would you bow your heads with me?